You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, By grace we have been saved. Amen? Through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and not through our good works. But then after we've been saved, God gives us the grace to do good works. So we are saved by grace, not by our good works, to do good works. Very few people understand that and they walk in deception. They think it's just about grace. And the place where they deceive themselves is that the Bible says we are called to be doers of the Word. If you just hear the Word of God and you're not doing it, you're deceiving yourself. The biggest problem that we have in the church today is that the church has been educated beyond her obedience. She knows everything. She'll tell you, you have to forgive. You have to give. You have to be a giver. You have to bless those that curse you. You have to pray for those who despitefully use you. You have to be a peacemaker. They'll tell you, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. But they've never cleansed their hearts. They know the truth, but they've never become doers of the word. Let me read James to you. James 1 verse 22. The Passion Translation. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Are you a doer of the word? Because even if you're a doer of the word, you might face some challenges. Paul was a doer of the word. He knew he had one life to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, and he knew that that life was very precious. But in this time of living for God, doing the word of God, he experienced a thorn in his flesh. And he even went and prayed and asked God three times about this thorn in his flesh. And the Lord's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. Because whatever you are facing right now, my grace will be sufficient to see you through. Everything that we do is a result of the grace of God. The church building that we are busy building is God choosing a household of Christ just to manifest and show off His grace. We have our part to do and God will give us the grace to do what we have to do. But the Bible says... Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So whatever you are busy with, where you find yourself right now, God will give you the grace to see it through. He says, my grace is always sufficient. 
See, so whether I'm sick, whether I'm weak, Paul says I'm going to boast. Because I know even if I'm weak, God is the one who is strong. He will manifest His strength in my weakness. And the only proof of our faith, I mean us believing that, is our obedience to the Word of God. The problem that we have is too many people are just reading the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, and that's good to do it. But when you allow the Word of God to become an integral part of you by its very nature, it will start to change you. And you'll find yourself acting with God, walking with God. But if you're just memorizing the Word to know it, maybe for selfish reasons, materialistic reasons, to use the Word as a weapon against people, want to quote scriptures to impress people, the Bible says here, the Bible says here, how much of that which you are quoting are you doing? The Word of God should be renewing your mind. As you look into this mirror, you'll see a reflection and you'll see yourself being changed from glory to glory. Who's the one who changes you from glory to glory? The Holy Spirit. When you look into the Word of God, the mirror, I'm here to help you this morning. Because sometimes you face a situation and you become frustrated. Do you know some situations in your life is because of the glory of God? And other situations in your life is because you've been disobedient to the Word of God. Some of your problems that you are facing is not the devil. It's you. No, amen now. Some of the situations you are facing is not the devil. It's you. Most of our problems that we have, they are tongue problems. Did the devil grab your tongue and make you say the things that you were saying? No. You chose those things. You said those things. When you take this word and you reflect in it, you read it, it becomes an integral part of you. You become a doer of the word. 2 Corinthians 3. Many of us, we negotiate with people every day and we outsmart them and outscheme them. And then we think we can come to God and do the same. Yes. We think we can negotiate with God. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me that. Jacob had the promise from God that he was the chosen one. Am I right? But he didn't trust God's word. He relied on his own strength and he outwitted and outsmarted his brother when his brother was hungry and desperate and made him sell his birthright. Was it necessary to do that? No. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Number one, family, listen to me. Do you know why you have to come to church? The Bible says, do not neglect the assembly of the saints, as is the manner of some. 
Do you know why you have to come to church? Because on your own, you will never change. That person sitting next to you is the very person frustrating the evil in you that God wants to get out of you. Do you have some Christian brothers that frustrate the evil in you? Say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. You're not in heaven yet. It says, we all, you don't change on your own. If you sit here and you say, I'm going to quickly sort out myself and come back to church, you're lying. We're not going to see you again. You can be spiritual. You can say whatever you want to. The Bible says, a man that isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. That's the word of God. You're isolating yourself because you want to do what you want to do. Just leave me for two, three weeks. I just want to go sort out myself. You're talking nonsense. You're lying. Why can I say that? Because the Bible says it. Proverbs 18 verse 1. You isolate yourself. You seek your own desire. You'll rage against all wise judgment. So what does he say here? He says, look in this word of God. As you reflect in it, you'll see you're being changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. What's the biggest mistake we make? Now we want to change. But we try and change without the Holy Spirit. In your own strength, in your self-effort, you want to change. I bet you a case of beer, I'm going to stop smoking. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Have some of you done stupid things like that? Use the flesh to fight the flesh. The Holy Spirit strikes at the root of the problem. Be a doer of the word. Allows the Holy Spirit to work in you and to change you from glory to glory. People are sitting here hearing the word of God, memorizing the word of God, trying to live a convinced life with what they know here, but they've never been converted. Because God in his wisdom says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Not condemnation, not guilt. And when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. What does it mean? Your mind is being renewed. You can see the truth now. And that's what the Word of God does. It renews your mind. If you want to spend time with Jesus, spend time with the Word. Meditation in the Word of God is a visit with Jesus. So it says, as you look in the Word, you'll see you're being changed. I'm accepted. I am loved. I'm made in God's image. I'm the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. Go and forgive those that have wronged you. Not just the way that you want to forgive them as Christ has forgiven you. You're the head and you're not the tail. You're going over, you're not going under. Whatever it is, you see these things reflecting. Now you have to start to be a doer of the word. Once you become a doer of the word, is only when you've become obedient to the word of God. A knower of the word of God is not a doer of the word of God. When you become a doer of the word of God, then you're obedient to God. When you are obedient to God, the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 32, 
that the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey God. So some people you'll see they read their Bible the whole time, but they're not changing. They're using the word to quote scriptures to you to tell you, but nothing has changed because they themselves have not become a doer. If you know scripture, and it's good to know scripture, memorize as many scriptures as you can, because as soon as you allow the word to become an integral part, I mean to dominate your heart, when the word starts to dominate your heart, Jesus will rule your heart. That's why the enemy is planting seeds where? In your heart. If you are born again, Christ deals with that sin once and for all. A matter of fact, that seed that Christ has planted on the inside of your heart is incorruptible. The spirit part of you that's linked up with God cannot sin. Remember, you are a three-part being. You are spirit, or you are a spirit. You have a body, you live in a body, and you have a soul. Am I right? What is the part that you should rely on more? The spirit. Your soul is your will, your intellect, and your emotions. This word of God has the ability to sanctify your mind, to sanctify your way of thinking. Does it mean because I'm a pastor I don't have negative thoughts? No, I do have negative thoughts. Turn to the person next to you and say, everybody has negative thoughts. Now tell them, everybody can replace that negative thought with the Word of God. The more you think, tell them, the more you think upon the Word of God and do the Word of God, you'll become in your thoughts and your doings like Jesus Christ. So here the Bible says, 1 John 3, verse 8. Remember, this book is written to the church, to Christians. 1 John 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. What is your origin? Are you of God? Are you born again? Or are you of the devil? Say with confidence, I'm of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. Tell them, I was not designed to be a sinner. I was designed to be a Christian. You have to start to see yourself differently. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So your spirit part, he that is joined to the Lord, is one spirit with him. Your spirit part that's linked up with God has been sanctified, has been justified just as if you have never sinned. Are you born again? Are you born from above? It means there's a part of you that's linked up with God. That has made you righteous. The moment you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit starts to work in you. Was all your thoughts immediately renewed? No. That's why God has given you His Word to cleanse your mind. 
Now, the Bible says in this world, the devil wants to sow bad seeds into your heart. Here, I've shown you now the seed that God has planted is Jesus Christ himself, and that's an incorruptible seed. It's that seed when you believe in Jesus that makes you holy. It's that promise that was made to Abraham when God said, In your seed, capital S, Galatians 3, go there quickly. Galatians 3 verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed, capital S, were the promises made. He does not say, and the seeds, as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, who is Christ. So there's a seed that has been deposited in you. The word of God, the hope of glory concealed from the beginning which we did not know of. Romans 5, when you hated him, when you wanted nothing to do with him, when you rejected him, he married you. He made himself one with you. And he deposited that seed on the inside of you, Jesus Christ. It's that seed that has been planted that allows you to have faith, to believe, to be saved. By grace I am saved through faith. Where did you get that faith? That faith has been placed in your heart already. So whether you like it or not, you have faith. That's why nobody will ever have an excuse to say, I couldn't please God. You have the ability to please God because the thing that pleases God is faith. No, I was not a pastor so I couldn't please God. It doesn't matter who you are. You have the ability to please God. Somebody that does not have a job, that has one set of clothes that they borrowed and got from somebody, that's on their knees in humility and sincerity of heart, trusting God, declaring the word of God, can please God more than a pastor with a fancy suit. But because you look outwardly, you're in competition instead of looking inwardly. So God says that seed on the inside is Jesus Christ. If you water it with that, it will grow. Because God is ready to bring an increase on the inside of you through His Word. That's why you first blessed on the inside, blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus, before you'll be blessed on the outside. If you're blessed on the inside, you'll be able to maintain that blessing. Now the enemy comes and he plants a different kind of seed. Turn with me. James chapter 1. Family, God requires of us not only clean hands, but a clean heart. Why do you think he says in Matthew 5 verse 8, those with a pure heart will see God. What is he saying? He's saying those who only allow the word of God to dominate their heart. They are the ones who will see God. Because when you allow the Word of God to be in your heart, your heart filled with the Word of God becomes that mirror that reflects God. And you decide, you decide what comes into your heart and does not come into your heart. One of the promises that was made to Abraham is that you will possess the gates 
of your enemies. When you possess the gates of your enemy, you say what comes in and what goes out. Very quiet now. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. James 1 verse 13. When you are tempted, don't ever say, God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and He is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. That's the word of God. I'm married to my wife. I love her. I want to be a good husband. Now she does something that upsets me. Maybe I have an expectation in my heart for her to do something and she didn't do it. Now I get this thought. When you get home, sort this woman out. Small little thing, nothing. Oh, let me use, I'm at work, busy working. And my business partner does something that's not right. And I get offended with him. I'm going to sort you out. Fighting, screaming, become bitter. I start to hate this man. But I love my wife. And you think when that seed of bitterness and hatred towards a business partner that's growing here, the root is going down will not affect your wife or your children, you're deceiving yourself. Because the problem that we have in the church and at home, we want to live one life, have an urge to fight and to scream at work, and then we think when we come home, we will not do the same. Do you think you can decide when sin will work in your life? If you allow it into your life, your hard heart towards your colleague will affect your relationship with your wife, will affect your relationship with God. Now it's very quiet. Because your relationship with God depends far more on your relationship with people than what you realize. You're on a business trip with your colleagues, and you're sitting there, and you are the Christian. And they're all talking, ah, we're away for the weekend. What happens here stays here. We're just going to have a little bit of fun, have a few drinks. Maybe let's see. We won't go out to a strip club, but we're just going to watch some movies in the hotel. Or they say they're going to go to a place where they should not go, and you're going to stay at home. And now that thought, ah, you're not going to do what they do. You're just going to watch it. And that seed gets planted in your heart. If you leave that seed there, if you leave that thought there, it will start to grow. And now you get involved in all nonsense. And your wife finds out, or your friends find out. I didn't do anything. It's this job of mine that takes me to all these places that I'm never here that made me do this. Hello. It's very quiet because I know I'm hitting the nail on the head. And you have all excuses why you behave and do certain things. But the truth is, the word tells us, you allowed that seed to be planted in your heart. And you allowed it to grow. And when it matured, it became sin. And that's the thing that's caused the problem. Because killing, stealing, and destroying is the work of the devil. 
but you are no longer an agent of Satan. Are you ready to be a Christian? Can you see how much we need the help of the Holy Spirit? So what is the problem that we have today? We try and do things in our own effort. In our own effort. Let's say Mama Jay here has got now, this week I'm going to sort out something. If she tries to sort it out in her own effort, she is bound to fail. Never compare yourself to others. Do you know what's the greatest mistake I can make as a pastor? If I compare myself to other pastors. Because now if I start seeing them do something, I would have the desire in my heart to do the same. If I'm under pressure in a certain area, I might look at other people, what are they doing when they're under pressure and fall into a trap. When you know that everything in your life is a result of grace, every advancement in your life is a result of God's grace, you'll behave differently. Remember, Abraham, when God had given him a son, and the Lord came to him and said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son. He left early the next morning to do it. Why? Because he knew he could only give to God what came from God. But if he said, he's my son, he would never have been prepared to give him to God. And imagine what would have happened. He would not be the father of faith. Every advancement in your life is because of the grace of God. That's why you have to rely on the grace of God. There are many people doing things. Even when you are praying, anybody can say, be healed in Jesus' name. Or out in Jesus' name. Anybody can say it. But it is the work of grace when you see change. We're doing too many things in our own strength, our own ability, self-effort. Even self-confidence. Confidence in yourself is very dangerous. Your confidence must be in God. Even to have confidence in the gifts that God has given you is very dangerous. Because remember, who gave you the gifts? I said to the people in the pre-service prayer meeting, even if a woman comes into the church with a 40-carat diamond ring, she has to walk in here and balance it like that. Can you imagine she comes in here balancing and showing it off like that? And the husband would say, you see, we are happily married. Because she's got a big ring. Isn't that foolishness? The size of the ring does not mean you're happy. It just means you, you bought her a big gift. <laughs> Many people don't even have a ring and they're happy. They have peace in their lives. Many people have big gifts, but they don't have peace. It would be foolishness to boast in the gift. Even if it was double the size, it's not the gift. The giver of the gift is to be glorified, not the gift. Amen? God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. If you realize that, you'll be content. But when you don't realize that, you'll never be content. Where you find yourself right now, if you're in fire, the first question you should ask yourself, 
what kind of a fire is this? Is this a fire that I have to go through so that God's name can be glorified? What do I mean by that? For gold to be gold, it must go through fire. Many of you have removed friends and relatives out of the fire when God was busy purifying them to become gold. Nobody wants to say amen now. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes God is busy with somebody taking them through fire, a process, so that his name can be glorified. Don't jump out of that fire. It was the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that turned the whole nation to God. But if it's a fire that you're in because of what you've been doing, you need to repent and get out of it. In both those cases, God is ready to help you. If it's a process that you have to go through, God's grace will be sufficient to see you through. If it's a fire that's been caused about wrong things that you've been doing in your life, the grace of God is there to forgive you and to restore you back to that position in Christ Jesus so that you can become a doer of the word and move away from that. Grace is not just there to forgive us, but the power, the grace is there to enable you to become better. So it's the grace of God working in me, helping me to work harder to become a better pastor, to become a better husband, to become a better father. And even when I become better, I cannot boast. Because it's the grace of God. Paul said, I've worked hard. I've done my part. But if I look back, I see it was the grace of God working much harder within my life. You have to ask yourself, what is the thing leading you? What is the thing leading you? What you see happening with people or are you led by the Holy Spirit? Because when you are led by the Holy Spirit, it will always give glory to God. But if you are led by your own urges, your own desires, it will never give glory to God. It is stupid for us to be able to rely on our own self-efforts. To think that we should look at our own strengths when it's God who has given us that strength. God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. Rely upon the grace of God. The grace of God is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. He came to this earth to die for you, to help you, to walk with you. When he manifested on this earth, the Bible says we could see his glory and it was full of grace. Grace upon grace. From today, rely more on the grace of God. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.